0: Welcome to the We RSC podcast. This is Eric McKinney, joined once again by Greg Katz. Uh, wel- welcome, Greg. Well,
1: good to be here again. It's, let's talk about the other side of the line of scrimmage.
0: Hey, we're we're jumping into it. Last week we talked about the offense heading into spring ball. We're going to go ahead and jump right in to the defense this week. Uh, spring ball starting Tuesday, March fifth. Um, so, so we're just getting a few days away from it now, and, and we'll jump in on defense. We'll go to the defensive line, and right away uh you you've got a new defensive line coach um greg i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on this grenade for you uh co- co- i know what you, i know what you're gonna do
1: <laughs> you're gonna force me to pronounce chad's last name, right no
0: no i'm i like i said i'm jumping on this grenade for you chad calhaha uh he comes over from boise state and he's had stops at at boise state utah wisconsin all in sort of the, the recent past and if, if you're looking at defensive lines and sort of how they perform, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take those three schools as what they've sort of done. And again, it's, it's not, it's not all him. There's obviously a system and that, but he's been a part of seeing what those kinds of defensive lines can look like. So I'm interested to see how he comes in, how he's going to do things. Obviously there, there was a big fan favorite there in, in Kinechi, um, who who's out now, but I'm interested to see kind of, what he does and, and how he coaches because right off the top, you've got, and I'm going to name some guys, Jay Tufele, Marlon Tui-Polodu, Brandon Peely, Christian Rector. Those are four. Some, some of them are young, but they all feel like veteran guys who have been around and have played. And so I think how he interacts with that group is something I'm definitely going to watch this spring.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I, when I looked at uh, Coach K, as I refer to him as.
0: That works. The one
1: thing I look at is <laughs> the one thing I look at is that he was um, very successful at Utah. <laughs> he had star uh, I think it's pronounced Lo Star Little Correct. Okay, and he was the Morris uh lineman of the year in the Pac Pac twelve. And he's he's had some other players that were outstanding. Now I have no reason why uh, why he left Utah but I feel if he was hired at Utah and, and accomplished what he did, he's he's got to have a pretty good resume at this point in time. I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, like as you mentioned with Udizi, uh, a lot of people thought he was going to turn out to be an excellent coach. It kind of worked out that way for him. But we're going to find out, and again, I know we're not going to touch too much about uh, the de- defensive schemes and stuff, but it, I think it does play into it. Um, either your attacking defense or your you're lead and react.
0: Um,
1: and it'll be very interesting to see if Clancy makes some adjustments that allow Chad to take his unit, which I think is very talented, uh, and do a few things like some twists. I mean, they do some slanting, of course, uh, along the defensive line, but we rarely see twists by the inside guys. And it's kind of like, to me, it's like a pitcher has a great fastball but you know, every once in a while, it's good to have a curveball to to keep a batter off balance. And I sure. think if they add a twist, but there's no get. We'll we'll find out in spring ball, of course. But uh, I, I I do like who they're returning. I mean, you have to like Caffelli, uh yeah, You have to like. Uh, I would assume he's healthy now. Uh, you know, he's kind of gone over his, his his injury part. Um, and I think another one to take a look at is Jacob uh, Lichtenstein. Uh, I think he's another one that this, that's coming on. Uh, you know, they, they can be physical. We don't know if, if they're in an attacking type of defense where they really come at it. Because let's face it, we're all shocked about the lack of sacks from last year. It's just mind-boggling. And, uh, you know, you look at it and then you, you, you say to yourself, well, how many how many pressures did they get in there? Uh, it seemed like the one thing they did do uh, well is they would knock the ball down at the line of scrimmage. So that was a good thing. And obviously they practice that. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the style of play that they'll play on the defensive line uh, if, they, if they have any changes at all.
0: Right. And I think you go in with the number 289. 289 rushing yards Joshua Kelly of UCLA put up late in the year. And I just – you need a defensive line that is going to say, no, you know, that's not happening <laughs> with that. That's not going to happen again. And so I think, you know, spring is, it's so far away from the season, but you, you do get a sense, you know, through spring ball, through even just kind of the summer player only workouts, you kind of get a sense of, of the mentality of the team. And, and, you know, Clay Helton has said, he thinks, you know, it's a good thing, when the big guys are your leaders and so if you're going to set that tone as a defense obviously you know the the linebacker spot kind of seems loaded in terms of who's there and just sheer numbers uh but but you really want to see those defensive linemen who have the experience really step up in the spring because you do have that group you mentioned you know jacob lichtenstein behind them but a, a guy like liam jimmins who has played a little bit and then you know, is this the spring where spring into fall where Connor Murphy kind of takes that step and, and you know Caleb Tremblay, a, a junior college transfer last year, made some noise in the spring, but then it never you know kept going. And so there are some names. I think a young guy in Trevor Trout is, is someone that I'm really interested to watch to see where he is this spring. Is he sort of is it clear? Okay, he's not where those other guys are in, in guys like Tufeli and, and Tufulo, or has he taken that jump where he's going to push and really get in the mix there? Uh, and then stepping outside a little bit at, at end, I, I can't wait to watch Drake Jackson this spring. I think um, maybe a little under in terms of when people were getting excited about adding guys. I, I don't know if the excitement level about adding him matches – what he can do and, and the potential he has. And I think adding him and, and getting him early, especially, you know, he's already kind of made some noise with, with putting on weight and, and kind of making himself at home at USC so far. Uh, he, he's definitely a guy that that I want to watch this spring.
1: Well, let me, let me uh, uh, echo what, what you said uh, again, starting off on the idea that, um, the rushing yardage they gave up to UCLA was horrendous. And uh, when you combine that with the lack of sacks, there's something going on there. There there has to be. The talent is too good to be giving up that amount of yards on the, on the uh, rush. Mm -hmm. And the talent is too good not to be sacking quarterbacks. Now kind of moving on to a couple of players you mentioned, uh, I'm really intrigued with Trevor Trout. I thought he came on at the end of the year and, uh, you know, he's a tremendous prospect. Uh, what I like about him is he's, I suppose, uh, I guess the best way to put it is uh, he's a well-rounded guy. I have some friends of mine that tell me that he can tell you everything you need to know about, uh, about basketball. knows every traveling team, every player. So he, he's the type of player that's kind of unique in that way. Now, uh, what I am going to say is I, I believe that Drake Jackson was their best recruit last year. I think that Drake, uh, Drake Jackson is probably – if you watched him in the uh, All-America Bowl, uh, the practices, and then you watched him in the game, he was one of the best players in the country. I don't know why he didn't get the, the notoriety that he did, uh, but I can tell you that I think that he's definitely a type of player that could get in the rotation. And uh, let, let's not forget also uh, – Uh, Nick Figueroa coming out of Riverside city college. Uh, He's an interesting one because uh, it's not that he was actually a late addition, but it got down to, there was an opening uh, and he was able to get in there and uh, you know, you just don't know what he's going to do. Another one to look at actually is Caleb Tremblay too, because he got, uh, he got injured and then you didn't hear from him. And uh, we'll see how he comes back. uh, you know, with a little bit more spunk and ready to go. Uh, he looked good when I saw him practice, but then, uh, you know, the injury bug took over and the, that was the end of him.
0: And, and I think that's going to be big this spring uh, on the defensive line is making sure those, you know, the, the second, third team guys are sort of narrowing that gap between them and the starters and, and are ready to go. Because, you know, like you mentioned, we've seen, you know, Marlon ha you know, injuries have kind of nagged at him. Um, Brandon Peely same kind of thing so there you're not going to get 12 games you know 13 potentially with a bowl Uh, you're not going to get 12 games where all of your offensive linemen are starting and all of your defensive linemen are starting most likely and so you need to be able to develop some depth and I think starting to see that in the spring where some of those guys uh, like you mentioned some guys were coming on you know throughout the year last year and so Watching how they take that next step, uh, I, I think will be key this spring, and then obviously continuing moving into the fall and, and through the season. Um, dro- dropping back a level, we'll go to linebackers, and you can you know the, there's sort of the, the predator linebacker who is you know a, a basically a de facto defensive lineman, but we'll we'll lump them in with the linebackers um, for this. Uh, a new outside linebackers coach in Joe DeForest. Uh, He was a defensive analyst at USC last year, so not new to USC and not new to coaching at all, which is one of the things that kind of jumps out to me about him. Uh, A lot of special teams in his background, but 31 years of experience as a coach. And so this is not a guy who's kind of learning on the job and figuring things out. He, he, being the defensive analyst last year, obviously has some experience uh, in Clancy Pendergast's system knows what he wants and obviously again the usc coaches feel comfortable kind of locking him in and and making him part of this uh this defensive staff at this point
1: well you know he's an interesting case because i was writing something uh for friday's uh onso about the new coaches and i you know was wondering why in everything i looked at he was all special teams oriented and so I had to make sure that when was the last time he even coached outside linebackers? And it said that he did it in high school, which was back in the 1990s or what have you. And then later on, he was like a grad assistant uh, as an outside linebacker. And I didn't see anything that said he coached outside linebackers from uh, after the uh, year 2000 or 1999. And it made me wonder whether this is going to be the coach that's going to see a lot of scrutiny as the season goes on. Um, I I, I agree. I think if you can teach, you can teach anything. Uh, If you can coach, you can coach anything. I'm just a little curious why he hasn't been coaching outside linebackers in the last uh, several years. But you know what? He's going to have some talent. He's going to have some talent. Uh, and I will say right off the bat, and I'll, I'll let you kind of go through the, some of the names, but the one that, that jumps out to me to really look at from an outside linebacker position, and, and I don't think this is any great shock to people who watched this kid come in last spring, but uh, Kanai Maga uh, out of Hawaii looked really mature last year. And when he would play, he was playing as a, like a much older player. So when I watch practice uh, spring ball this uh, this coming March and into April, I'm going to really be curious to see how he develops. It won't shock me if he ends up being a starter, which would mean he'd have to probably beat out an older player.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, and I don't, you know, the, the fact that he didn't have this massive uh, impact during the season, I think asking that of a, true freshman who, who's still kind of getting his feet wet I, I think that sort of stuff happens where you can come on in spring and just absolutely light things up and then you know people maybe get a, a playbook on you a little bit and it's finding your way and, and developing into uh, you know the speed of the game and all that but I'm with you I, I'll be surprised if he doesn't come out again this spring and and really impress people another, couple names what one name I want to I want to keep an eye on is Elijah Winston I I thought the physicality that he brings is something that I I don't want to say the defense has been lacking but it's something that any defense needs and and so I think being able to again he got his feet wet a little bit uh, last fall but I think again coming into the spring uh, he's a guy I definitely want to watch and then we talked uh, when we talked about the defensive line getting pressure on the quarterback, and you lose Porter Gustin from that predator spot, and you've got to find somebody. I think Hunter Eccles is uh, a name that maybe slides in well there. If we've seen in the past, Christian Rector has has kind of done that, but if you're talking about sort of purely a, a linebacker here, um, finding somebody, finding a few guys uh who can really rush the passer and get after it, I think is a priority uh for, for the spring. And and I think they'll probably take a look. I, I would guess take a look at a few guys uh maybe on the outside, maybe a, a couple a couple newcomers on the outside and, and just really sort of let's see what happens um when they let guys go. I, I think one of the uh returning upperclassmen is is jordan yosefa to watch i think um maybe more was expected of him last fall just because of what you'd seen from him as a as a younger player um and so so watching sort of what he does this spring i I think will be interesting and then again talking about uh, uh, another name that, that just kind of pops out to me talking about getting after the pass rusher abdul malik McLean was just phenomenal in high school at at getting after the quarterback and actually bringing him down. I mean, his sack numbers were, were just incredible. Um, and so again, I think you have a lot of names in there. Raylan Goforth is a guy that's played football at a really high level out of St. John Bosco. He knows what it's like to be on a program where you have to do things the right way. and He's seen a lot. And so I would anticipate him fitting in nicely uh, and not being all that overwhelmed uh, when, when he gets there. And so, you have a lot of names, and I think you have a lot of talent. You you want to see it kind of translate into, not you know, not that stats mean anything, but like you said, if if you can get a guy who's really putting pressure on a quarterback, and you have a couple guys that are, hey, we're going to get sacks from this position. I think that helps you out as a defense going into any game.
1: But i what I think is interesting, Eric, is that um, although. We would have loved to see, uh, you know, some of the players that uh, got banged up last year. Uh, But, you know, I'm looking at a, uh, uh, let's say, you mentioned Goforth. Now, I thought that Goforth was really so under-recruited, in my opinion, that when I watched him on film, uh, you know, I sat there and I said, you know what, this guy, uh, you know, he... He could be, uh, you know, uh, a real find. And uh, my feeling was is that, uh, you know, if he got the chance to do it, uh, I don't think he's going to start. You'll probably maybe see special teams. Uh, But, you know, the truth of the matter was is he's one of those guys that you'll see in spring ball because he's an early enrolling. He's going to make a mark. He's going to make a mark, especially as he gets gets, uh, stronger.
0: Yeah And then again, we talked about just so many names. I think when you go on the inside, there's one name that really stands out and it's it's EA in the middle. Pala EA. No, Uh I think everybody is sort of thinking, all right, let's see it. He was highly recruited out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. Uh, he, he played last year. I, I know probably not enough for some fans who really wanted to see him, but with Cameron Smith leaving, he more than likely steps in. I, I do think that there were some issues last year. I mean, that there were plays where he's just, he's going to be aggressive. And so there were plays where he's going to be out of position and that can hurt you in a, in a Clancy defensive scheme. And so um, I, but, but watching him is just, I mean, it, it's a joy to watch him play football. And so, being able to see him kind of this spring and and see what sort of steps he takes as, as a leader and, and really stepping in there in the middle of the defense. Um, probably, you know, right, right alongside John Houston, who's back again. And uh, he, he's going to be probably that senior leader uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, we talked about the offense. Just not a ton of seniors on, on this entire roster. So you've got a guy in John Houston – who has a bunch of experience and the two of them in the middle, I think it's probably safe to say that those are your starters.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of uh, interesting because injuries last year, I thought uh, gave some players, uh, some exposure. If I can just go back to the outside linebackers just for a moment and mention Porter Gustin, you know, Porter Gustin was, was out of the lineup more than he was in the lineup. He never seemed to go more than four or five games and he was out. Which gave other players like know uh, and uh, you know Felonico chances to, to to get exposed. Now when I look at the linebacker situation, I remember Cameron Smith was out, so Naote comes in and he gets a lot of opportunity. So we're not getting somebody who's not been on the field long enough. He he's gotten enough exposure. The question I have is who's gonna be the leader? Generally your your linebacker, middle linebacker, your Mike Linebacker issue. Is your team leader uh, is uh, Ei going to be the, the the one that can uh, uh, assume a leadership role? Now he did when he was at Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas when he played, uh, and and they're going to need on defense. And he, he's as logical a person as any. Uh, he's 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 very outgoing. Uh, he's very thoughtful, very smart kid. Um, you know, if you have a fear about him, is he's such a hard hitter that he doesn't knock himself out. Well, he's knocking somebody else out. And, uh, you know, they're going to have to monitor in some ways his aggressiveness that he doesn't, uh, you know, make it a, a twofer. You know, the other guy gets goes off the field and so to see. You know, Houston, Houston's an interesting one because we've all been pretty much in agreement that he needed to put on weight. And what, he's good from sideline to sideline. But when a team like Notre Dame or Ohio State goes right at him, you know, can he, can he sustain it through four quarters? Now, you know, we, we figured that, uh, that uh, Houston is going to start. So, you know, pretty much to me, it's going to be uh, EI in Houston. But you know who I'm really interested in is uh, Solomon. The same uh, guy I mentioned. Yeah, Poo Poo. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, now here's a guy who was a Bustus Award winner in high school, and he's coming uh, hopefully healthy. Uh, after a year off, but Tulia Poopoo is I think uh, someone that we 're going to have to seriously watch, along with like Raymond Scott uh, you know these guys are going to really be needed uh, because you know the inside linebackers can take a real real beating through the course of a season, and uh, you know watching them perform uh you know watching Scott a little bit uh. You know I think Scott's kind of got a, a little bit of an axe to grind. I think he feels that maybe yeah, he needs a little bit more love, uh, and I think he can do that uh, as he uh you know shows it in spring
0: yeah i I think Raymond scott is a is a terrific football player. I thought that um, coming out of high school and i he he's one of those guys where when he comes in with that linebacker group you know you're not you're not sending him off the bus first but He's a guy who can play, and I think he makes his himself known in that mix uh, p- potentially before the end of this year. But I, I Solomon Tulio Pupu is just one of those things where I, I think he spent all last year sort of revving himself up, and, and I would be again if if the knee is going to be a hundred percent, I would be surprised if he doesn't come out uh, just firing this spring. And so I, I think again you need that at the linebacker spot. Like you said, being a leader and and being physical and that whole, the whole thing, the whole package seems like with EA and with Solomon right there, you've got a couple guys. I I would be surprised if Solomon didn't maybe learn both spots, go, you know, go at both places just to make sure that you're not depending on a, a, you know, if, if there's a walk on at the spot behind somebody, Um, like was the case uh, a lot of last season. But I do think that, again, it's, it's like a lot of positions where you're going to be really comfortable with the starters, and then you hope this spring you really start to see some of those second and, and third guys and a couple true freshmen coming in. Uh, you, you hope that you see them sort of turn it on a little bit so that you know what you have um, if they're called upon.
1: Well, you know what I'm looking for uh, with the, with, with the, with the uh, front seven is how physical are they going to be? How violent are they going to be? Right. You know, and 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 I will uh, again kind of reach over to the offense just for a second here. You know, the end of last uh, spring, everyone said, "Oh, you know, the defense is going to be sensational." Yada, yada yada yada. Well, who were they going against? You know, they were going against an offensive line that was not physical. So when they played a physical team, it was like, whoa, like playing you know, against the pitcher that throws the ball 85 miles an hour and then you finally go when the real game start and they're throwing at 97 miles an hour and it would help this group in my opinion if the offensive line could get real physical so that it would up their game now that being said it's a question of how much energy are these guys going to put themselves into in spring ball are they going to are they going to go every single down, go all out, uh, look to dominate no matter who who's across the line of scrimmage? And I think that's really important. I think the ingredients are there to be physical. I really do. Uh, but the key is, is to get them to physical on every, every down. And hopefully the offense can test them enough that it allows them to be challenged, along, especially with the offensive line. But that will, well, that's what we'll find out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think watching spring, we talk about all these things, you know, we're looking forward to seeing and that I, I think there's a lot of stuff that kind of is being done that, that you know, just if you're not a part of it or not on the team or, or knowing exactly what's going on, it's tough to kind of figure out, all right, what, what were they actually trying to do with this? Sometimes you're working on specific things and it, it looks like something and it's actually something else from the sideline. <laughs> uh, but I, I, right. I get... I think you can get a sense of the personality of a team during spring and you can get a sense if, if this is a, you know, a, a tough group, um, if this is a, a physical group and that sort of thing. And I, I think there's a mentality that projects and can carry the entire year and, and can carry multiple years. Uh, and I think, I think I hope um, you know, that that five and seven was a real kind of kick in the pants for these guys, especially the young guys. And I think there's a lot of guys that 2018 recruiting class was very good and they did not sign up for five and seven. And so I think you're going to get a lot of young guys and a lot of older guys, too, that, that, you know, didn't come to USC for that. But but I have a feeling that this spring is going to be there's going to be some emotion we've heard. Clay Helton talk a lot about kind of what they've seen during the winter workouts and that they're really impressed with uh, kind of the, the self-motivation that a lot of the guys on the team have and that there's a real commitment to other guys on the team um, that everyone's going to show up, that everyone's going to have that effort that you need. And so, again, it's, you know, I think it's fair to be a little skeptical after last year, but I also don't think there's any reason you know, to, to not go in kind of excited, you know, let, let's see what that actually look like. Looks like, let's see. Um, well, I
1: think the X, excuse me. Yeah. I think the X factor is the new coaches on defense. How do they connect with the players? How do the players relate to them? Okay. You, you've got a new defensive line coach, a new outside linebacker coach, and I know you're going to get to defensive backs here uh, in a moment, but you know what? The players are going to, they're going to feed off those coaches. Okay. If they can't feed off of each other, they have to f- get it from the coaches. And if the coaches are aggressive and the coaches are uh, the type of uh, individuals that have a little bit of charisma to them, uh, and that can change. Every attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Emotion is everything in football. And um, you know, it would be my hope that the new coaches on defense will bring out an attitude. It was different from the coaches from uh, last season. That's not to rip on the coaches; they're no longer with uh, SC. But you know, sometimes change is good, and hopefully, this will be the case.
0: Yeah, and and talking about change, like you mentioned in the secondary, Greg Burns comes back to USC. He was the USC secondary coach in 2003 and 2004, a a couple years I'm sure USC fans really enjoy thinking back on, Uh, and he's going to get the defensive secondary Uh, and and that's going to be a secondary this spring that is going to be interesting. You've got, uh, I believe it's three guys who had shoulder surgeries, um, two corners and a a safety. And so potentially, you know, not going to see any of those guys this spring. And again, Clay Helton at his signing day press conference said, they're probably going to have to get creative in the secondary and whether that means just, A bunch of walk-ons or maybe you know moving safeties and letting them play corner or vice versa you know we'll we'll see what that means but uh two of those the shoulder surgeries greg johnson and elijah griffin i think those are two guys that you feel uh, again the the secondary you lose so many veteran guys you'd love to see them all this spring but if you're going to have two guys that, okay, maybe take it easy this spring, I think Greg Johnson and Elijah Griffin, you kind of know what you're getting with them. Would love to see them go against these wide receivers uh, with with this, you know, air raid offense and see what they can do against them, but potentially not going to see them, which for me means the spring for Isaac Taylor Stewart is, is really interesting. He came in uh, with a a ton of recruiting hype and it, it, just it never seemed like he was going to be fully in the mix um, even from the start last year and and I think that the way they sort of brought him along I I, again for me there's an expectation all right let's let's see it this spring let's see where you are because this is a guy that can fly and he's incredibly athletic and it was always going to be when you brought him and Elijah Griffin in the same class Elijah Griffin was was the cornerback he was technical and, and ready to go. And Isaac Taylor Stewart, it was, was kind of the athlete. Um, and so I, I'm interested to see his development and, and where he is right now uh, as a corner where I, I'd assume he's going to get asked to do a whole lot. Obviously they're not going to wear him out and, and make him go hundred percent every play, every practice. Uh, but he, I, I think he's going to get a lot of work and seeing where he is to me is one of the stories of the secondary.
1: Well, I, I totally concur with what you're saying. Um, I find Burns a very interesting uh, coaching addition. Uh, as you mentioned, he was there in the early years of Pete Carroll's success with a national championship. And uh, he's an older coach now. Obviously, he, you know it's been a while since he's been to SC. But he does know the ins and outs of things. And I think uh, his relationship with, with Clancy Pendergast is going to be interesting because I always felt that last uh, season, the season before, that uh, Ronnie Bradford, uh, who was a good guy, a nice guy, I always felt that he was uh, going to do exactly what uh, Clancy wanted him to do, and uh, Burns, I think, is his own guy, and uh, I think Burns is definitely going to be a different type of coach than these guys have seen. Now, I'm concerned that Griffin is not, and Johnson are not going to participate in spring. I have some really big concerns about the secondary. Okay. Uh, I think that spring ball is so important for a, a, a redone secondary that I hate to think that, uh, you know, these guys are going to start working out, uh, you know, that are injured come August. The good news is you got the same system. So the system is not going to be foreign to them, but you know they're going to have to prove themselves to uh, to Burns. Burns is going to say, you know, it's all equal here. So like you mentioned, for a guy like uh, you know Taylor Stewart, this is a chance for him to get a heads up on on the other two that are out. And I think it'll be interesting to to watch him. Uh, I'm kind of interested on on Britton Allen from IMG Academy. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm always more excited to see the young players, or the early enrollees, to see where they where they match up. I'm not saying that Allen's going to be a starter or even be any more than you know, the special teams guy. But it'll be interesting. But when I look at the secondary and I look start looking at the safeties, you know, one of the things I'm looking at is the leadership. You know, is was kind of uh, fortunate the last couple of years. You had Chris Hawkins one year, <laughs> excuse me, and then you had uh, Marvell Tell, and these guys were leaders. So I'm asking myself, of the guys that are coming back, who are the leaders? And when I look at the roster, you know, I, I don't know who the leaders are. I don't know who's going to be the, the guy that's going to, you know, kind of be the captain of, of the secondary. Uh, I, do, I do like the talent. I like Talanoa Hufanga. I think he's going to be tremendous. Uh, we'll have to wait and see about Isaiah Paul Amau, Uh, You know, again, these guys are coming off of injuries, and we don't even know sometimes if they're really going to participate in the spring. Uh, of all the positions, I think this is the one that uh, gives me concern. Uh, obviously, there's not going to be a game. You know, they're not going to be playing a, their first game until, uh, you know, the end of August. But to get guys to start, you know, molding together as a unit, I think that is important. And one of the good things is, you know, if you can get these guys to practice would have been to face the new air raid or whatever you're going to call it offense uh, with the four wide receivers. I mean, let's face it. FCs are going to do kind of the same thing they do. Uh, and, you know, it's good practice to practice in the spring against that type of, uh, you know, that type of offense, but a lot of question marks in the secondary, a lot of question marks.
0: I mean, I agree very young that it's when you look at sort of the guys who are going to be out there, you've got a senior in in Dominic Davis who hasn't really found footing at any spot would, would be nice. I imagine uh, if he's out there at corner, he's going to get plenty of reps. A- anybody who wants to show up uh, at corner or safety this spring is probably going to get a- as many reps as they need. Uh, and, and I think Chase Williams is a guy. That is interesting. Uh, played safety last year. I think there's a chance maybe he works out a corner, split with safety. He's a you know if, if at this point if you can show some versatility, I, I think he could be uh, a big addition. And like you said, Telenoa no Funga, I think he did enough in his time last year where he gets looked at as as potentially that leader just because he showed so much promise. And when you prove uh, you know I can come in. Uh, that quickly and make those kind of plays, I, I think you get kind of some some cred with you. Uh, and we'll see if he has the personality to kind of continue that. But I, you, you mentioned Chris Hawkins, and that's one of the reasons that I love that he's a, a grad assistant on this team. I think being able to have him still basically back there, obviously not playing, but being able to sort of keep things together because I, I don't know if there's a guy that knows the system probably as well as Chris Hawkins. So being able to have another guy like that out there as a coach, I think is a huge help. Um, and then again, I, I'm going to echo what you said about right now and talking about seeing the early enrollees come in is always one of the, the most fascinating things of spring. And so when there's a guy that's coming all the way from Florida, he's a guy that I want to see early, especially because he was definitely a guy you heard a lot of whispers of hey, this guy's ranked way too low. This guy should be much, much more highly regarded uh, when it comes to recruiting. And so he's a guy uh, that, that I want to see. And, and USC has had some young guys in recent years really make early impacts. So I think those are two positives. But but like you said, question marks kind of all over in the secondary from a lack of experience to injuries to you know what's going to go on this spring. And so I think... On defense, I think you could, you're could. you probably going to get some answers along the defensive line and at linebacker. And I think the secondary, you know, maybe you're okay leaving spring with, hey, some guys got better, um, some guys who maybe wouldn't have gotten reps got a lot more reps, and then hopefully those guys, if they're not participating, you know, taking mental reps and ready to go during the, the, the summer workouts and then into fall camp.
1: Yeah, and I think um, you know, just briefly uh, touching on, on a couple of names that, that you you mentioned. Uh, you know, I had a chance to interview uh, you know Talanoho Hufanga. He is really smart. He is really personable. He's dynamic as a as a personality in a good way. And uh, yes, I think he could be a leader in in the secondary. I, I really agree with that. And I also agree about uh, Chris Hawkins. You know. When, when, when Hawk was uh, playing at SC, you could really, uh, you, you know, kind of foreshadow that this guy was going to be a coach someday. It wouldn't shock me at all if in the future he would be taken as a full-time uh, secondary coach at SC. You know, the beauty about it is he knows Clancy's defense. He can stand out there amongst the secondary in the spring and come when training camp in, in August. And he's going to tell these guys, because he was a team captain. You know, you couldn't ask for a better situation for him, and you couldn't ask for a better situation for the team. So from a coaching standpoint, I, I, I really like the, the guys that are going to be, uh, you know, leading and evaluating these, these players. And I know one thing about Chris, you know, when Hawkins sees something he doesn't like, he's going, to, he's going to let the players know. And he was an intense player. I think he got everything out of his system uh, in terms of determination and motivation and love of the game. And I think he is the type of person, uh, even though he's considered a grad assistant can have a major impact on the secondary.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then, and what's going to have a major impact on the secondary or the fall uh, enrollees. I mean, it, it was just a massive DB class. And so that's, why some of those numbers are down. Clay Heldon had said losing seven guys off the roster from last year. And so that's really what did it for the numbers um, in the secondary. But hey, this might be the last time the defense gets mentioned for a long time. I mean, we, we know going in, all eyes are going to be on that offense. And so I think the notes that we can take from the defense um, are going are, are to be interesting though. I mean, you. We, we mentioned 289 rushing yards. I, I don't know how many points you would have had to score or how well your offense could be working. There, there are some things on defense that needed to get fixed from last year. And I think spring is going to give us a pretty good look uh, at, at where things are going. And again, you don't have your entire team um, for the spring and some guys are going to be out, but That front seven, uh, and and you mentioned it. I I really want to see, I I really want to see what they look like, just sort of uh, emotionally and physically and and that sort of thing, uh, throughout this this thing. So I I don't know. Do you do you have any sort of last thoughts about kind of defense heading here into fall camp? Uh, Sorry. Well, here's what I know. Yeah. Well, here's what I know about
1: about the defense because the offense was so inconsistent and at times just downright blah okay so much attention was focused on that and JT a quarterback that a lot of the attention was fa- was placed on the offense i understood that but i was always concerned about the defense and if if the offense is good this year uh it may disguise if there's any shortcomings on the defense, but my opinion is the defense has to improve and you hit the nail right on the head. You can't give up the rushing yards. You have to put pressure on the quarterbacks. And if you look at the point totals that they gave up, they gave up a lot of points. They gave up a lot of points Uh, and they can't do that. You can't rely on your offense. It's like relying on, on your hitters in baseball. This is going to be just some games, and just you know, you're not going to get many hits. So you rely on your pitching and defense. And I, I, I hope that the defense will improve 200 percent at least. Uh, otherwise, you know, while the offense is trying to adjust next year, you know, you know, the defense is going to have to carry the the load. And those first six games is going to be a real challenge for the defense to to allow the offense to mature a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Greg, appreciate the time. Next time we talk, we'll be in, in spring ball. Uh, we're, uh, again, spring ball gets started Tuesday, uh, March 5th, and we will see how things start to play out. So Greg for, for Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening to the We Are SE podcast.